Learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. CEO campfire horror stories often start with, in the beginning, I hired a few of my friends and whom, then the story digresses from there. Sometimes the situation works out, but most of the time, it results in a disaster of severed relationships. <laughs> Today, we're discussing lessons learned in hiring from your inner circle and how hiring for growth lands great talent. I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business leaders land the right hire. We share insights from top-performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like my guest today, Mr. Wing Lamb. Wing is the <laughs> owner of Wahoo's Fish Tacos. He is the eldest of three founding brothers and the enigmatic character widely recognized as the face of the iconic Wahoo's Fish Taco brand. A 30-year-plus restaurant industry veteran, he is often the public eye, participating as a panelist and speaker at global events such as IEG Conference and guest lecturing for MBA programs at Yale, UCLA, and USC. He's a prolific CEO here in Orange County. And he's also, as our friend Charles Antis says, rich in the currency of social good, which is what makes Wing the perfect expert for today's topic. Wing, welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today. Oh, Rick, it's a new year. So let's get started. Yeah, you're kicking off the year. Thank you so much. So I've had the pleasure of being on the California Love Drops with you. And we became friends a few months back. We started talking a little bit about your story, your journey. We're both been talking a little bit about the causes that we love. Yeah. So we're going to take it back a little bit. I'm going to take you back in time. <laughs> Time more. Let's talk a little bit about a couple of different things. One, the pitfalls and benefits of hiring friends and family. And then we're going to talk about some key components to hire successfully. Sound like a plan? Sounds great to me. When you first started Wahoo's, I would imagine you did what most of us do, which is, man, let's get all our friends together and see if we can make this thing work. Oh, yeah. Why not go to work with your friends? Sounds like a great idea. It's like going surfing with your friends. So everybody goes, well, my God, we love fish tacos. Let's all do this. Until your friends start dropping in our yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The same thing happens. Right? That's a great analogy right there. So early on, I mean, I had a few friends from high school, friends from college, whatnot. My brother's friends, we all kind of came together because we all went surfing together in Mexico. It was pretty easy to get everybody around because, hey, we get to hang out with each other. We have to eat some great fish tacos and make some money at it. So what a great now, idea. Did you get the idea from actually going down to Baja and those little fish taco stands on the side of the road? Oh, yeah. I mean, I went on my own, but I went to San Diego State. Road trips, fraternity trips. And then my kid brother, Ed, would also come down and stop by and see me on his way down or whatever. So different options like down to Ensenada, where he would surf, or down to uh, it's Puerto Nuevo, and just different places also in San Felipe. And it just seems like the common menu item near the beach was fish tacos. I mean, I did the same thing. I didn't have any money. So I'm like, oh, you can get like four or five fish tacos oh, yeah. for like five bucks. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that was such a great deal. Getting back to the, yeah. <laughs> the question at hand, you joined forces with your brothers yeah. as well. Well, which I'm guessing they worked out. Oh, uh, brothers worked out really well. Yeah. Friends, not so much. Yeah. Friends, not so much because I don't know what it was because we're great friends, but it just always feel like they could get away with something that the rest of the employees couldn't because they were friends of ours. And it's one of those where, again, if you let the mice run around, everybody wants to run around. So we try to set boundaries and just little things, but it was always one of them breaking the rules. Probably the first one was my own nephew. He jokingly kept looking at the clock. And I finally said, well, 
what are you looking at the clock for? He says, well, I want to know when my break is. I'm like, you're kidding me. I don't need to have six other employees looking at their clock to see when their break is. I'll tell you when your break is. I get when things slow down. So when there's no customers coming in, take a break. Take as long as you want. But just stop looking at the clock. And guess what? He kept looking at the clock. I'm like, okay, dude, you can't work here anymore because you're going to set a precedence. And as soon as you can fire your own nephew, things change. That raises an interesting question, though. Siblings probably end up working. I hired my brother at yeah. one point, and he was great. Yeah. But when you get... Off that scale of the close brotherness thing, I, I, that's where it all falls apart. Yeah. I mean, like I said, we've had nieces, nephews, a bunch of them over the years come and work for us. And most of them figured it out that, hey, this isn't for me or this is for me. And they did a pretty good job while they were there. But every now and again, you would have one that, again, would push the envelope. And I'm like, come on, guys. This is what we do. I.e., one of them was we had this rule. And it was kind of crazy. The average employee would gain about 10 to 20 pounds within three months of working for us. And that was because then everybody could eat on their breaks and you didn't have to pay for your food. So they're like, oh my God, I can't eat all this. Oh, they're having huge burritos. Oh my God, huge burritos, (laughs) you know, stuffed with everything they could think of, guacamole, rice, beans, chicken, fish. So it was one of those, no big deal. But the rule was you can eat as much as you want. So that meant you couldn't take food out of the restaurant. So again, another close relative said, well, I'm not really hungry. Can I take it with me? I'm like, well, I guess, yeah, go ahead. I'm not going to say anything. And then the meals that was taken out was like larger and larger. And everybody's like, (laughs) How much food can you possibly eat at home? And I finally say, you know what? There was a rule because I don't want all the other employees taking food home for their families. So that's the rule. So again, I had to put the hatchet down. I goes, I'm sorry, you can't take food home anymore. And they get all upset. He goes, what do you mean? You don't trust me? I goes, it's not a matter that I don't trust you. I got another dozen employees that would like to do the same thing. And I don't want to question and weigh every bag of food that goes out the door. There goes another one. So you have the question of precedence. That's an interesting thing. When people keep pushing like that, they tend to see how much they can get away with. And then you can't let them get away with it and other people. Yeah. It makes it really difficult. And you don't want to accuse anybody of doing something. But at the same time, it's like you can't eat three meals in one sitting. Yeah. And then the borders on, are they stealing? So I never said that anybody stole food. <laughs> but I know for a fact that I couldn't eat three meals in one sitting. So feeding the roommates yeah, and the rest whatever. of the family. Yeah. <laughs> you definitely can't allow people to take advantage of your generosity oh, yeah. and then put you in a position where it affects the business. Employees, as we talked about, saying that they're sick and then something else happened. Hey, if you want to go out, go for it. Don't show up the next day late. You can be hungover. Do whatever it is. You don't feel good. But don't tell me that you're sick. And we all know what happened the night before. I had a really funny story that happened to me when I was running my recruiting firm that was in Hawaii. We had one guy. We had floating days where you can take off. All you have to do is just let people know. I got a call in sick. And then we happened to be watching the pipe camp. And there we go. We see him taking off on a wave at Pipeline. (laughs) And all the employees saw it. And so it basically set the wheels in motion to where I had to let that person go. I could not let that go. Oh, yeah. You can't in today's standard because I'm seeing with this whole COVID thing, there's a lot of teachers that are using the the line, which I understand. Hey, I don't feel safe going to school where there's a lot of kids that are all interacting. I 100% agree with that. But at the same time, don't be posting on social media your whereabouts because people are like, (laughs) really? You're afraid of this, yet you're out here. Again, very selective. I don't feel good. If you want to go out, go out, but don't post about it because that's the ultimate. It's not even us catching them. They're basically boasting about (laughs) what they're doing. I'm like, God, how can you sit there while the teacher's union is protecting me? And at the same time, you're out traveling. Pick one or the other. So what have been the benefits for you of hiring 
marrying friends and family. The benefits would be people that you know, you can trust. Is there an example? Your brother is obvious. Oh, my brothers are awesome because yeah. I never have to worry about them trying to steal something from our office <laughs> because we're stealing from ourselves. So there's never been any issue. We all have our differences because obviously the bean counter never sees what the marketing guy sees. So we're going to have those battles. But guess what? If it wasn't for my kid brother Mingo always saying no, you can't spend the money that you haven't earned, it wouldn't have made me what I do today because I became the king of trying to barter and wheel and deal and get things done without ever spending a whole bunch of money because we never had it. And even after we got it, I'm like, well, you know what? I can probably use that money to do other things that we can't barter and trade for. But everything else, we found a way to manage. So you're the face, bingo is bean counter. The bean counter. And then what does your other brother do? Ed does most of the construction, the renovation, the site. He's been helping me as well do the events because there's a lot of things that we do. Got He's it. out there. But you got lucky in a way because you have two other brothers yes, that yeah. cover different areas. Most restaurants will fail in businesses as well when you can't keep the finances together. One, you got to get customers. So a lot of restaurants fail because they don't know how to get customers in. And once the ones that know how to get customers in, they fail because they can't count their money. So you got to have both. The front and the back of the house got to work together. Yeah, that's very true. For those entrepreneurs that are out there yeah. right now, why is this important to the company? This really comes down to, correct me if I'm wrong, but setting expectations up front of the people that you bring on board. Oh yeah. If you're not setting expectations up front with them, you're just, hey, let's see if we can build this together. It's kind think, of a recipe for disaster. It is. In sports, which is what we talked about, is a, the weakest link is how you're going to lose the game. Literally, because the opposition is going to figure that out really quickly, and that's what they're going to do. They're going to do the mismatch and just keep pouncing on that little guy until they win the game. And you, on the other hand, goes, why are we playing him? Let's put somebody else that can fill the gap. So in work, is the same thing. If you surround yourself with a bunch of yes guys, that's what they're going to give you. You're never going to get the challenge because nobody's asking you to step up. They're like, yeah, sounds like a great idea. Let's just keep doing what we're doing. The recipe for disasters just results are not going to change if you just keep doing the same thing you got to try something different so when you hire people that are smarter that think outside the box that actually challenge you say hey no that's a bad idea and then you have to basically justify your position and so well this is why it's a great idea and you can talk about it you argue about it a little bit but once in the end it goes you know what you're right your idea is good or you know what your idea is bad and yeah that's- i don't know about you but my friends out of college were not necessarily <laughs> smarter <laughs> oh yeah at least i was thinking about it there wasn't a whole lot of people that i hired that were my friends yeah. as i was part of a recruiting firm that we built yeah. up that yeah. was pretty big when i got into the recruiting business yeah. i was hired by my cousin then my brother was hired and then our cousin was hired. There was a lot of nepotism that was yeah. there, but it seemed like everybody who was pulled into the business, he just had a really good knack for being able to pull those people together and yeah. get them motivated to work well. Not all friends and family were bad hires, whatever. Yeah. I mean, at one point, they used an outside headhunter to hire a bunch of managers. And again, out of about six or seven managers that we hired at the time, two of them ended up with us long-term. And one is still around, one finally retired. But again, but the rest, they weren't good fits. They were great personality, great workers. They culturally, it was a little bit harder. And I think you see that in sports again, when somebody comes through the farm system, they tend to be a better fit. When you trade for a player, it doesn't always work out because there's always this, why are we paying this guy so much money where he hasn't proven to us that he's that good? He may be a good player on that team, but what has he done for us? God, cultural alignment is so key. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm your host, Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. 
Hey, check out stridesearch.com. There you'll find additional content and resources to help you land great hires. Our guest today is Wing Lam. He is the owner of Wahoo's Fish Tacos. And we're talking about the lessons learned by hiring friends and family. So we just covered why it's been important or impactful to the business. Now we're going to talk a little bit about how we can build this into your company. You shared with me a couple key lessons that you learned. One was understand your culture first and starting to delve into that. And then the second one was up hiring. So let's talk about delving into your culture first. As you can see, we're very laid back. But remember, in a restaurant scenario, very few have three founding members that all have college degrees as opposed to culinary degrees. So we are business degree guys. And we think a lot about, hey, what's the outcome? What's the risk? What's the ROI in anything that we do? So we invest in technology. We invest in our people, all the things. But it's from a business perspective. But from the outside, it looks like, oh, yeah, it's a great hire because, oh, she's cute or he's a friend from college or he's a friend from high school. But there's a lot that goes into it. Like I said, early on, much easier to hire a friend because you know them. the friends have to turn into great partners. I would imagine that you and your brothers probably had conversations different than you and your friends. Oh, yeah. Where you guys were really setting up the expectations and figuring out where you wanted this business to grow to. Yeah. And just like any other business, I joke about guys and girls will tell you whatever you want to hear to get the job. It is what it is. We'll put our best foot forward. I'm going to say this is super unpopular, but people who are in in interviews are liars. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're looking for a job. It's like going on a first date. You're not getting the real person there yet. You're hearing what you want to hear. And that's what they're good at. So I would say that over the years, you know, we've had a few of those. But Steve is our operations partner. He basically was a referral from somebody. We literally went out to dinner. And I'm like, okay, great guy. And basically for the first 10 some years, he was just a store manager. And he kept putting systems in place. And finally, one day we looked at each other. This is an amazing guy. He's never really asked for much more than just what the data day, but he keeps showing the value of what he's bringing to the table. Because like I said, we build them. We know how to run the finances. We know how to do the marketing. It'd be great to have an operations guy that can literally ensure that the numbers all match. So eventually we said, hey, you can, we should make you a partner. But he earned his stripe. He wasn't like, hey guys, look at me. So Steve has been a great part of our business and he became basically the fourth partner. So there's four of us, three brothers and Steve that really made this company where it is. Because the first few years, I call it, it was like you said, yeah, let's just you know, do what we can and just have a little bit of fun. And it was organized chaos. But when Steve came in, we started being more and more organized. Well, at least you got organization there. Because yes. most companies are just chaos. <laughs> it's chaos with a little bit yeah. of organization. Yeah. You just touched on a really important thing there, which is you provided a growth path for yeah. Steve. And I don't think that most of us look at, we have work that needs to be done. We have skills that we yeah. think that we need. I would imagine providing that growth path has kept Steve there. Oh, yeah. And then giving him, recognizing the fact that he's done a good job and allowing him to spread his wings and become a partner. Yeah. That's key. Like you said, a lot of the big law firms, accounting firms, they're all partners. Technically, it is a big company, but they're all owned by the partners. So that's why it's kind of an incentive because otherwise they take off and start their own law firm or their own accounting firm. That model for us would be like franchising restaurants. So once somebody earns their stripe, there's an opportunity there beyond just being a manager if they want to do ownership. So there's different paths. 
But again, not everybody's cut out to do ownership. Not everybody's cut out to be a manager. So you just feel people out and match personalities with the job scope. Because some of the managers that thought that they could own a store, a few years into it, they're like, you know what? This is a lot more work than what I thought it was going to be. And I'm like, well, you know, that's <laughs> yeah. like the boss is the first to come and the last to leave. Where as a manager or an employee, you can just show up whenever your schedule dictates. I don't think yeah. I have work hours anymore. I haven't had work hours in 10 years. It's like it starts when I wake up and it ends when I go to sleep. And then sometimes it's in the middle of the night. I wake up in a panic and try to go up on my computer. When you're hiring, though, you shared with me another story yeah. when we talked offline about hiring up. You hired somebody yeah. who you thought was overqualified for the role, but you had something. Here's the key thing. It was about that person. Yeah. It was about what that person wanted to do as opposed to the job that you had open. So basically, we had an opening our catering events department because some people were transitioning in and out. And I said, okay, what do we need? So we basically put it out. We had a lot of applicants apply. And then looking at it, I'm like, okay, when it got down to the few people we interviewed, it felt like, okay, besides the fact that catering and doing that was one thing, but one of the minor little details, which is not exactly on the application was, can you drive and are you comfortable driving trucks? And I'm going to tell you, most people have never really driven large vehicles. And one particular applicant says, well, yes, I'm used to driving those. So in my head, I'm like, okay, that eliminates the possibility that I would have to take the vehicle to and from an event. It's already a long day. The last thing I need to do is wait until everybody's done and then drive the vehicle back. So I thought, okay, besides that, there were things that she had done in a different scale, like weddings and things like that. I'm like, you know what? We normally do wedding rehearsals because we're more casual. But somebody that's done that, I said, you're going to be even more comfortable doing the lesser. So, so she was I, almost overqualified. Way role. overqualified. Yeah. But in one hand, I'm like, you know what? I can either be holding somebody's hand for the next couple of years until they're ready, or I can have this person and give her the reins and let her come into the job in a way that hadn't been done before. It so worked out pretty good. So you're, in a way, you're up hiring. You're yes. actually taking somebody who you think is probably overqualified way for the role. What was it that that person wanted, though, that you offered that made that person really want to join? The thing that she was looking for is the flexibility. Because when you're doing events, it's a not a nine to five. It could be nights, it could be weekends, it could be lunchtime. So the flexibility, so she looked at it, she wasn't looking for a 40 hour eight to five. She was looking for flexibility. And as long as we could be flexible, she goes, well, I can't work this week because I'm going to go out of town. And I'm like, that's perfect. So we would communicate when and where things were happening. So we have a calendar. And whenever there were gaps, she goes, are you sure there's nothing? I goes, let me look at previous years. There's nothing here. And if something did come up, I'm still around. She wanted flexibility. And I wanted somebody that could really take charge and do things that I couldn't necessarily do. And the two of us met in the middle and say, hey, you have a great brand. So I love to be a part of it. I'm proud to work for Wahoos. On my side is I'm really excited that you've done all of these. And so we elevated our events where she made everything prettier. And even the decoration, she was making it herself. So I'm like, this is awesome because you saved us money have buy buy props. Because when you stage the buffet, you have to elevate things. Well, she had everything. So I'm like, this is awesome. And so it worked out. She got what she wanted, the flexibility part. We got somebody that could really be independent and also represent us in a way that had never been done. That is phenomenal. Let me take it back a step too. Because I think when we talked offline too, you were saying yeah. that when you brought this person yeah. to the interview process, you thought there's no way this person's going to take the job. Yeah. But there is some alignment there that you were able to tap into knowing that what she wanted was the flexibility and being 
being able to offer when you're hiring, it's not about you. It's yeah. about the other person. The other thing too is when you looked at her resume and you're like, there's no way we can afford to hire this person at this cost. But when realizing it, when she's not working full time, it worked out because she's still making the same hourly as she was making before and more. But the fact that she had flexibility and having a full time wasn't a priority to her. Good for you for working off the assumptions yeah. that most people do. And like I said, some people, it's the money. Some people, it's the flexibility. Some people, it's the title. You just got to figure out because some things are more important than others. It's based on that individual. You can't assume what's going to be important to that individual over a lot of people assume it's going to be the money. Nine times out of 10, it's not. No. So shoot, we're coming really close on time. Wayne, what would be two or three key takeaways you could give the audience that they can plug into their business? The first thing is referrals. I think that's really important because like you said, a lot of people will come out of the gate saying all the things that they think you want to hear. And when they start throwing down their referrals, just check them because believe it or not, nine out of 10, they could be right on the money. Oh yes, I did that. Yes, I started and finished this. But most times they're taking credit or doing things that they really didn't do. There's a key giveaway on that when people start talking in terms of we did this yes. as opposed to I did this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big hit. <laughs> so just check on referrals because unless they are fresh out of college and then right now, social media. Feel free. It's public information as far as I know. You're not really intruding. So take a look. They say, oh, no, I never go surfing and I want to come to Hawaii to work for you. because, <laughs> right? And all you do is see posts of him surfing. Come on. You know the guy is going to go sneak out as often as he can. So look at social media. Look at referrals. So just look past what you see in front of you. Look past what's written down on the resume and actually check it out. Because it's very telltale sign. If it was in a fraternity, in a sorority, there's telltale sign. Were you just a member or were you an officer? Did you play football just so you could be on the bench and put that on your resume so you can get into college? Or were you the star athlete? It talks a lot about your work ethic when you actually <laughs> did something as opposed to just right cruise by. That's very So true. you got to look at that. Wayne, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you once again to the Higher Power Radio <laughs> community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our audience can find you? Give you a few minutes to plug California Lug Drop. How can they help? Hashtag Wahoo's Wing on Instagram and Facebook and hashtag Wahoo's Fish Taco for our company. I like Wing Dash. Wing Dash is also pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to um, California Love Drop. Yep, California Love Drop. We have a GoFundMe page. So if you have a product... We'll take it. If you don't have a product, send us some money. <laughs> and, and tell the audience what California Love Drop is about really quickly. California Love Drop is a group of us business guys. Wendy from KLOS, Eric from Blue Sea, Charles Anthos from Anthos Roofing, Chris from UHSM. And now we got more people coming in. And we go out and provide food drinks and snacks and any supply we can think of to frontline workers. I love that. And it's fun. I've been on a couple yeah. of them. So, all right. I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to this week's episode of Higher Power. A quick thanks to our team, Brian Colburn, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening. We welcome your feedback after all this show is for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at higher, H-I-R-E, power, P-O-W-E-R, radio, R-A-D-I-O.com, or you can drop me an email at rickettstridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Joel Patterson. He is the founder of The Vested Group. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. 
Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success. Rick Turner.